ever wondered what hypnosis might be and what it can do for you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere with your host, Inez Simpson. This is the show that talks to everyone, from the experienced practitioner to the cautiously curious, and yes, even the skeptics. Now, here's Inez Simpson. Well, welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere, and we're going to have a fun show today. I'm very excited. We've got Elizabeth Rose with me, and I'll let you tell them what you do because it's a lot, and I'll just let you tell them. (laughs) But just Elizabeth and I um, have known each other for quite a while, but I haven't seen her for quite a few years. So this is fun for me. So Elizabeth, tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do. Thank you, Inez. And it's a pleasure to be on your show. This is exciting. Uh, Yes, I'm a hypnotist, a healer, and a deep trance channel. And before all that happened... I was a chartered investment manager working in the pension fund and investment world for 25 years. So this was most unexpected. And uh, in the the words of Dr. Sharon Forrest, I was given a spiritual kick in the astral. And uh, so (laughs) here I am. Yes. And it was your work that in particular that launched me into channeling because I took the Simpson protocol, learning how to work in ultra deep states and And as I was very deep in trance, my head started turning and I could see all this golden light. And just at that moment, Sarah Butler, who was in your class helping, she goes, oh, Elizabeth's having an experience, light in her trance. And then it it disappeared. But then later, uh, it happened again. And then there were, yeah, then the channeling started. But I'll get into that later. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I didn't realize that she had slowed that down. (laughs) (laughs) I would have maybe let it go as long as I was there to see it. It was good, but uh, things happen when I'm not looking sometimes. Oh, no, she's like, you're here to learn. No, she was totally right about that. (laughs) 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 Okay, so uh, anyway, you can cover all the subjects that you want to talk about today, and you have quite a few. And since you started talking about the channeling, maybe you should just maybe go on from there. Okay. Yeah. Inez. All right. So to continue on, there I was in your class, very deep in trance in another, in another situation. And uh, what happened that in the afternoon, that's right, I signed up for uh, a 15 minute deep trance channeling session with a lady who was at the Canadian hypnosis conference that day. And she went into trance and she spoke in sort of intervals. It was kind of interesting. And she told me that I was a, a powerful channel. And she equated me to all these big names that I, I didn't really follow, but uh, some big names in the channeling world. She said, you're, you're like them, you know, Doreen Virtue and someone else and someone else. And I said, uh, no, <laughs> no, you're wrong. I'm not like that. I, I'm... Um, I'm a hypnotist. And uh, she goes, no, no, you're a channel. And I said, "Uh, no. And I was arguing with her. And then she goes, hold on. And she said, oh, you just need the words. And she gave me these words. We are in transmission. She said, there, that's all you need. And I I said, really? That's it? She goes, yeah, that's it. So that night, with having learned the Simpson protocol, that night I went uh, and spent time with Krista Moore, who's a dear friend of mine. And... uh, I, I 
did the Simpson protocol on her while she was standing washing the dishes. And I was able to uh, muscle test while she's standing there with her leg out and her arm out balancing. She said, am I deep in trance? I said, yep, ultra deep. And I said, oh, by the way, um, you can just do this to me. And apparently I'm a channel. And Krista goes, oh, good, I have questions. So she turns the Simpson protocol on to me. And so she takes me very deep in trance. And there's the gold light. My head starts turning. I'm wondering who's turning my head and what's behind me. And then I hear a voice. My head moves up and down. And I hear a voice, sort of a ma masculine voice, booming voice, saying, you will do this and you will do that. And, and he's answering Krista's questions very slowly though it was like drops of water I'd have to hear the word and then repeat it and then hear the word and then repeat it and then my head turned to the right and it kept kind of moving to the right over and over again and I heard we are this and we are that and we are assisting and you will find I said who's we and suddenly there they were four three and two there were angels sort of stacked up. And I described this to Krista and she goes, oh, it's a choir of angels. I'm like, okay. Now, interestingly enough, after I came out of trans, I texted Sarah, who's also a fellow hypnotist and uh, Nia, amazing Nia instructor. Mm -hmm. And I, I texted that I had just communicated with a choir of angels. Now, I didn't know this until I was teaching at the Canadian Hypnosis Conference. A year later, I was actually channeling there, grateful to be invited to do channeling. And uh, I was telling this story and Sarah chimes in. She goes, that's not the whole story. I said, well, what is? And she said, well, just a moment before you texted me, I was frustrated because I was working with a client and it wasn't working. And I said to myself, what I need right now is a choir of angels. She said, and your text came through. <laughs> and so she got the choir of angels. So it's all been a paranormal journey. And it's been very, very interesting. But that's how it started at the Simpson Protocol. Hmm. That's great. That's a great story because I like it because I'm part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, the interesting thing to me is how it's growing from then because that, how many, that must be something like uh, six or seven years ago or, or I don't know, I, I lose track of time. No, November 2014, that's when the Canadian oh, Hypnosis 14. Conference was. Yeah, so so you, you must have been teaching the yeah. Simpsons all then. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that, that's how the channeling started. But if I go backwards in time a little bit, uh, on February 11th, 2001, I was working in the institutional, institutional investment world and I had uh, an extensive career uh, and I loved it passionately, but suddenly I woke up at 2.22 a.m. and I started to see visions. And the same thing happened at 3.33 a.m. and 5.55. And I know that happened because my digital clock was, was right there within my sight. And I, each time I felt like I had a terrible migraine. And I thought, oh, I need a doctor. And then suddenly a, a vision, I didn't even know the word vision. It's just a picture just appeared in front of me, suspended in silence. And it it moved and fast forward and I found myself falling into the image like Alice in Wonderland falling through the rabbit hole. And I was in those experiences. 
and they turned out to be prophetic. So one of them, the third one, the final one, was um, I saw an image of a crescent, like a, a, a crescent, sort of a moon, and I was falling into this. And as I was going down, I noticed that it was made up of little dots. And as I went down and I descended lower and lower, it was the tops of people's heads. And then I find myself at a worm's eye view looking up and there's hundreds of people and they're all, to me, they look like death and they're just, they're expressionless, they're looking forward. And all I could think of was look like death. You know, when you're really deep in trance, your thoughts don't work. It's just, it's just these weird spontaneous experiences. And one guy was in front of me, I was looking up at him and I thought, who are you? Who are you? Are you my future husband? He had really black, thick eyebrows and thick, thick hair. And I'm, and I focused on his, on his face and I'm trying to memorize him in case I see him in the future. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, he was a nice looking young guy. And I thought, are you my future husband? And then suddenly I'm ascending, I'm rising up. And now instead of a few hundred, there's thousands and they all are standing up and walking. And I, all I think is the only words in my head are death march. And I see them walk forward. And as I'm going higher and higher, and it's just solid dots now, the crescent is gone. It's all blurred. There's like, if you imagined uh, dipping uh, cadmium red paint, if you're an artist, which I am, into water and this wave of red water washed across from right to left. And I thought, oh my gosh, thousands will die. That was February 11th, 2001. And then on February 11th, or February, September. Uh, sorry, September 11th, yeah. that's when my friends called me and said, oh my gosh, your dream, your dream. I thought, it wasn't a dream, it was a vision. But that's how it all started in terms of psychic phenomena, psychic ability. And I think I was super psychic for the longest time, but I was the worst psychic in the world because I didn't understand what anything meant. I'd see stuff, I'd even feel it. And I'd feel pain for a moment and I'd be in someone else's body going through some trauma and then it would be gone. And I'd, it meant nothing until it happened later on. So that was interesting. So I wrote a book about that. And that is uh, my book, Diamond Lantern, Waking Up to Who You Really Are. Uh, that documents everything up to about 2010 when I was psychic. Huh. And psychic... I've learned is different than being a trans channel. And the way um, one of my friends, Michael Sheridan, who's an amazing dream interpreter, the way he describes it is that when you're psychic, you have a direct connection to your higher self. Whereas when you're a channel, then it's, uh, you are open to others. So, so the channeling. So if I continue fast forward now, <laughs> um, November was when I became a channel, but it was um, soon after that, my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, which was unfortunate. So I wound up moving from Toronto to St. John, New Brunswick to help her out. And she wound up in special care and her little cottage, which is where I am right now, was falling apart. So I thought, okay. Uh, and also I was taking hypnosis classes I, I kept, I lost, I kept losing my job as it was, I don't know, jobs just kept disappearing on me for about three or four years. 
must have had four different jobs in five years. And in the investment world, that's, that's a death knell. Like, that's just the worst. But companies were folding. And it was, uh, I guess, yeah, it's all started to fall apart around 2009 and upward that I wound up just taking hypnosis. Uh, I went to learn to astral travel at the Monroe Institute first. And then I collided on the astral plane with a past life husband and that is, I know, I know. And that's why I became a hypnotist, because I needed to understand reincarnation. Well, how do you figure that out? So, yeah, it's just been one crazy, crazy adventure. Sounds like quite a ride, and now it's 2020. <laughs> so I'm sure the, the ride has even got a li not more challenging, but more exciting, maybe. Yes, I'm in awe of this work. So... From November 2014 up until April 2015, the the angelic realm stepped in. Now you have to understand, I'm I'm a I was a Buddhist. <laughs> I was not religious. Uh, I loved Buddhism because it was philosophy. It was not a religion. And if you practiced all these meditation techniques, then you could alleviate suffering. You could get rid of anger and all these emotions that don't serve us. So I was I did that for about seven years. And then Palm Sunday, 2012, I was at the um, Ontario Hypnosis Center, the OHC, yeah. and I was I was just finishing learning past life regression. And one of the people that I studied with, Jonathan, we hadn't worked together yet, we hadn't partnered, and he said for the last practice session of the whole course, "Hey, you know, hey Rose, let's do it." So <laughs> he always called me Rose. So. We, uh, we partnered up for this very last practice, and uh, I took him into trance. It was an amazing experience. And then he said, uh, what induction would you like? And I thought, well, just the quick, you know, quick, short, 12-minute induction. He goes, yeah. But he was a Hindu monk. He meditated all the time. And he's about to do this, uh, facilitate me in this very short induction. He goes, whoa, I just got an intuitive vibe to change it up. Next thing I know, he is chanting. And what should have been like a 12-minute indu induction becomes a 25-minute chakra opening experience full of Hindu you know, ch chanting. And he has a magnificent voice. And I was so deep in trance. I was so deep, so incredibly deep. And he asks me at one point, what do you see? And I see this man in the distance. And he's got a big book. And he's got robes on and he's only like an inch high in my perspective because he's far away and i described this to jonathan jonathan says what is the book and suddenly the book is in my face and it was a book from another past life regression it was a um oh it was a text that was an illuminated franciscan text that i had done in like the 1200s and there it is again i'm looking down at it and uh, he says, who is the man? And whoosh, suddenly I'm in shock because larger than life, more real than you and me is Jesus. And if you had tried to lead me to Jesus even two days earlier, I would have argued. <laughs> I, would have, I would have been um, nice, but I would have argued and I would have uh, steered you somewhere else and suggested that your efforts would be better spent with someone else. And here, here's Jesus in my face, and I'm horrified. I'm just, 
I'll never forget it. It was so real. It was like a visitation out of the Bible. It was so real. And, uh, and he said, I had failed him. And I thought, yeah, I can imagine. And that I had a second chance. And, uh, and he said, interrupt your life now, do it now. And uh, a whole bunch of other things happened. I won't get into it. And that's how everything just started. It just kept going. And so I think the, and the angelic realm stepped in after your class. <laughs> they, <laughs> they took full advantage of that. <laughs> so thank you for that, I think. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> yeah. It's, so yeah quite, it's quite normal. Um, not that everybody in my class becomes channeled, but they do become more open. Right. So. Yes. And I, I think every time I even just in that period, every time I just started to relax a little bit, as, as you relax, you go into a, a state of hypnosis, a light trance. And every time I just relax, wham, you know, they'd be there, Elizabeth, go into trance. And they, they did for six months, uh, this, what they call full immersion into spirit, where they would be taking me directly uh, into past lives, into the life between lifetimes, age regressions, tons of energy transmissions, all kinds of rituals that I can barely recall. Um, I would wake up hearing somebody speaking and realize it was me. I would wake up doing the Lord's Prayer, prostrating. I'd be in yoga knots. Yeah, at some point, <laughs> I know. I just, my life was not my own. In fact, I even say now, my life is not my own. But the whole point of that was not just to be a ch channel, but uh, to heal. So when the angels first appeared, they said, Elizabeth, you can only heal others to the level at which you yourself are healed. We're going to heal you so you can heal all. So that happened, and that was what it was about. So as they were clearing all these, do we need to go to break? Not yet, we've got a minute. Okay. So when they were clearing, they were clearing out the chakras, which apparently are usually full of all kinds of emotion. And as you clear chakras, then you make space for your spiritual gifts to surface and for higher energies to come in. Good. That's a good thing to know. And uh, we still have a little bit. But uh, what I, what interests me is that even though you talk about channeling and doing all, it makes total sense to me, all the stuff you've said, that, you know, many people might think that's all the weird stuff or a little way out. Well, after a while, when you start doing um, meditation and doing all kinds of stuff, you open up and you have experiences. And this is just another one. And we're just going to go to break on that one. And we'll continue the stories after. See you after the break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. 
Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. This is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show, Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, we have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and at Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to hypnosis everywhere the simpson protocol to reach the show today send an email to inez that's i-n-e-s at inezsimpson.com now back to this week's program well welcome back everybody and i'm just going to go straight to elizabeth and she can talk about the healing i just had to interrupt her then so here we go elizabeth let's go thank you inez (laughs) and for the listeners this must sound crazy because I thought it was crazy. Even now, uh, I work with hundreds of people channeling for individuals, channeling for groups, and everything is channeled. So it's channeled hypnosis, channeled healing, channeled yoga, channel, channel, channel. But the whole point is, is healing, as it turns out. I was interested in the adventure of going Uh, and traveling on the astral plane or having past life experiences or anything out of curiosity. And I wanted to understand reincarnation. Was it real or was it just a figment figment of my imagination? These were questions I had. So these are probably some of the questions some of you have. And I would suggest that hypnosis is a starting point. It's an opportunity to explore consciousness and and that's why the topic of this conversation uh that was the heading on this topic um it's an opportunity to really go within and figure out who you are at a soul level i had a client that i'd been channeling for for quite a while and she called me called me one day on the telephone and she goes elizabeth my sister just scratched her eye quick go into trance ask the angels what to do so i go into trance obediently and the angels say dear one bathe the eye in saline solution and she goes okay thanks bye and so as soon as i (laughs) i know as soon as i hung up the phone jesus comes in he goes elizabeth you're a healer of souls you're not a doctor and I was like, oh, okay. So 
I, I just, even though the, I keep talking about healing, what I want to say is that the angelic approach is healing of the soul. And so that's what I specialize in. Actually, I don't. I just become a channel. So the non-physical world of spirit can work through me. Your guides can work through me. The angels, uh, all the divine specialists can come and work through me to you. They can reach through me. Um, and as you become more open, guess what? <laughs> they all reach directly. You don't need me anymore. You can be the channel. And I think that's the MO. I think that's the whole point is so that everybody can connect to the non-physical world that, in my opinion, governs our physical world. It's not that evident to everybody, but over time, if you do explore consciousness, it becomes more and more evident that you're not always driving the bus. There's, there are other, other higher beings that are assisting. So healing is a big part of it. Now, I will say, occasionally, I've had people physically heal. I don't promise physical healing. In fact, um, I, I don't promise anything. <laughs> I don't promise a thing. I just go into trance, and whatever happens, happens. And I pray that whatever happens is for your highest good and for your heightened awareness. But I have no idea what's about to happen. Um, one time I was channeling at a trade show and I, I guess I was doing a lecture on twin flames. I know that's one of the topics uh, I mentioned. And uh, so there was a group of people, there were about 30, 35 people. And I was just talking and I saw I had 10 more minutes left. So I, I said, does anyone have any questions? Nobody raised their hand. So I said, okay, well, I'll just go into trance then. So I went into trance and two minutes later I came out and then everybody's hand was up. <laughs> okay. So they all wanted to know about their twin flames. And there was, um, I, I tried to get to everybody, but I couldn't get to everybody. And one lady followed me back to my booth. And so she was very concerned. I guess I had talked to her and I had, uh, I had channeled that she hadn't yet, had not yet met her twin flame. And so she says, but I'm sure I did. I know I did. I know I did. She was adamant. She was pretty sure she met the twin plane. So I, uh, I went into trance and, uh, and all I said was, I, I just started channeling and she's arguing that she, uh, she has someone who's, who's her beloved and she's pretty sure that this is her twin flame. And Jesus comes through and he's arguing with her. He said, he's saying, you have handsome, 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 handsome. He's so handsome. You love him and he loves you. You love him and he loves you, but he eats too much. And I'm the channel and I'm just sort of embarrassed. But she's looking at me and she takes out her cell phone and she's flipping through and I, I'm apologizing. I said, look, I'm just a channel. I, I don't quite know what that was about. She holds up a picture, and it's a Pomeranian dog with a big bow tie and a, a little vest. She goes, this is my dog, Handsome. <laughs> and, that, and she said, and I, I've been feeding him too much for the last month. And I, I was, now, it was very funny. I, was, I couldn't stop laughing. But Jesus is speaking to her through me. And he says, you love, he said the, something about the, the, the reason his, her relationship didn't work was because 
he, she spent way too much time focused on the dog. She gave more love to that little dog, handsome, than her other relationships. So the, they kept falling away from her. So they, so there was a method to the madness is my point. I thought it was just a big joke at first when Jesus is going handsome, handsome, handsome. But he was saying, look, you've got to love whoever's in your life as much as you love that little dog. She says, oh, that's going to be really hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do so you want to was- explain to the people what a twin flame is before we ah. get too far? Uh, uh, because most people don't know that. Okay, so uh, when I was in uh, learning to astral travel at the Monroe Institute, and I collided with a past life husband, a year, it took me a long time to understand the connection, because it was beyond what one would imagine is possible. And, uh, and he was 24 years younger than me, it made no sense. I was happy in another relationship, it made no sense. And I didn't see him again. And then a year later, I stumbled onto the the term twin flames. I started researching like crazy. Mm-hmm. And my understanding from Edgar Casey, who is a known as the sleeping prophet, a psychic in the 20s, he said that um, when God created humankind, uh, they were androgynous beings, male, female. And he saw they were all unhappy. So he put them all to sleep. And then he separated the male side from the female side. Now, the biblical Hebrew word for side is the same word as rib. (laughs) So now you get the uh, myth of the uh, Adam's rib. So they were divided equally in half, male from female. And that was who knows when, millions of years ago, who knows. And so now we we are all sort of half beings and we experience all these different incarnations so that but there's only one other we're always for those lovers around the world who always want to find the other half of them or always seeking that that unconditional love that eternal love it's real it exists but it's not necessarily about getting married and having kids and living happily ever after no (laughs) no it's like the impossible dream um usually i find twin flames when i encounter them which is not very often they are diametrically opposed um they may be mother daughter they may be father son they may be gay straight they may be from totally different sides of the world completely different religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs there's always some crazy challenge they have to surmount and in my case Uh, My twin flame, like I said, he's 24 years younger and there's no, yeah, our relationship is amazing, but it's not what I would have expected or hoped for. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's spiritual. It's deep. It's, it's important. It's super important. What happens when you connect with a twin flame is you go through this, what's called the reunion. So it's like an explosion and it amplifies your spiritual ability. It amplifies your spiritual gifts. And so I think of us as parallel where we're both sort of living a similar lifetime and we're both supercharging each other, but we don't come together as like a couple. We're sort of in parallel. So that's very disappointing for a lot of people who are seeking, you know, the one (laughs) true love. And I don't mean to, and, and they may get together, but chances are not that good. Yeah. So I, I was glad that you explained that because that's the first thing people think that is, right? 
Yeah. And from my experience, uh, uh, same as yours, I know that it isn't necessarily like that. It's mostly other <laughs> than that. Yeah, that's great. So, um, so the healing of the soul, let's get back to healing of the soul, because that's really interesting to me. Um, I've been having some work here in Simpson Protocol where things have changed with when I'm working with very um, spiritual people or very um, psychic people. It's always different. <laughs> it's always wonderful. And uh, the soul thing has come up a lot, and we do a lot of work on the soul in SP. Uh, but it's not done by us, you know. I mean, I'm not doing it, just like you're not doing it. You're doing a channeling. I'm doing getting what I call a superconscious mind, which is, it, it's a moniker. It's, an, it's a code word for something that we can talk about. And, it, we, and I don't like to define it because I think it's beyond definition. So, but I noticed there's very much happening in that, and, and twin souls have come up quite a bit. So all those things, we, we are very different in what we do, but we do deal with a lot of the same stuff. And I think that's very cool. Now, on, on your list where you do healing of the soul, which means a whole lot different than just the body, but it may affect the body and that I can see it healing the body in some ways. So, yes. yeah. So many times people have healed physically. I've been channeling and out of the blue, Jesus or an angel or an archangel might come through and say, I'm taking away your smoking or I'm healing your heart. Or everybody in my group, one time they were told to focus on one of, uh, one of the group's lungs. She was in the hospital with uh, serious, serious lung problems and was supposed to get a, her only chance would have been um, a transplant. And Jesus was focused, focused everybody. So everybody in my group on Monday night, I used to channel in a group. Uh, they were sending love to this one lung, the left lung, he said. And so they're all saying, I love you. I love you. Anyway, she's still doing really well. You know, all things considered, that was quite a few years ago. Um, so healing of the soul. It may be that somebody is very ill and, and, and their time is, is through. It's, it's not up to you as a healer. If you're wondering, trying your hardest to heal somebody and they're not healing and you're, you're doing everything. Well, it's probably because they're not meant to heal. That's a good clue. <laughs> they're not healing. That's a good clue. Yeah. <laughs> they're not meant to stay. Um, I have been taken, I was taken, clients took me to somebody's, um, they were ill, uh, uh, somebody's husband was very ill with cancer. It's a famous composer who will remain nameless. And I, I was, I was uh, honored to be taken there and, he was in a hospital bed in the middle of the room and there were nurses everywhere. And I asked, can we just uh, go um, into a separate room? And so I was taken into a separate room and there's all these posters and articles and clippings on all of his work, a beautiful, beautiful man. And the wife is going, why, why, why is this brilliant man being robbed? Uh, you know, he's, he's got so much more music in him. I don't understand. She was beside herself and I could understand it. And I was so amazed by his work. Brilliant. I go into trance and I find myself, uh, channeling him. He comes through, not the angels, not, but he comes through and he says, it's your time. Now your whole life has been about me. Now it's your time to shine. It was such a beautiful thing. He was, he was, letting go 
in order for her to step into her magnificence. And it was so simple. It was a beautiful thing. Another time, uh, someone else was, uh, <laughs> somebody called me, a very dear person called me, and they could barely speak. And they said, I'm so ill. I'm, and they've been sick all day. They're in agonizing pain. And I said, go to the hospital. Like, why are you calling me? No, channel, channel. <laughs> so I, I, I said, no. And then finally I channeled and the angel said, you need immediate medical attention. Go to the hospital now. Turned out she had a twisted bowel and like she needed immediate attention and <laughs> divine intervention was not something that was going to, um, uh, be used at that point. Could they have done it? I don't know, probably, but it was not her path. So she wound up in the hospital. She did go and they fixed her. And I, I said, I went and visited her. I brought a blanket. And I said, you're not going to call me on your deathbed, are you? She goes, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. Anyway, so different things happen. Um, but healing of the soul is number one in, in, in spiritual in the spiritual sense of the word and as you heal because there's an emotion behind every illness and the ascended masters say there's a, a memory in every kink we're going to get the kinks out which they do uh then you can heal physically if it's your opportunity to heal if it's your time to heal you will heal and some people are healed and then they have renewed faith in in all that is and the power of of um, divinity or whatever that is to them and I'm even though I channel Jesus and I channel angels and archangels um, they were all new to me as I said I was very much a Buddhist um, but Buddhism is still a beautiful way to alleviate suffering I think the teachings are amazing I think there's many paths that lead to love and lead to spiritual healing so yeah that's just my path you you've got your path yeah yeah, it's different. And, and for me, it's nothing like channeling. But I have a lot of times that channeling happens in my course, for sure. People suddenly just open up and channel. So uh, it, it is one part of the opening up. Maybe I'm just here to bring people like you to where they're supposed to be. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. But it happens quite a bit. Yeah. Ha hypno think about it. Hypnosis is meditation with a purpose. You get to relax. And surprise, you become open to the non-physical world. So uh, looking back, I realized it, it made sense. This whole path had a, a, there was a method to the madness, but they didn't do everything all at once. And I think that's important to point out too. Yeah. The guides, the angels are always saying it's a process. They're peeling off layers and layers of negative emotions. Now these negative emotions have weight to them and when I first started channeling Jesus, he kept saying, lighten up, lighten up. And I thought, what, drop a few pounds? Like, and what he meant was, let go of all <laughs> negative emotion. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, and they did, by the way, take me off of everything. No meat, no alcohol, no caffeine, no sugar. Mm. That's no fun. And we got to go to break from that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you on the other side. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, 
This is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show, Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, we have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and in Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol Hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez. That's I-N-E-S at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back. And I have to say, I'm sorry, we're already in the third segment and we don't have long. So I'm just going to give it over to Elizabeth. Thank you, Inez. Uh, yeah, so I thought I'd just mention a little bit more about trans-channeling. So hypnosis has led me, in the end, to do trans-channeling, which means I take a deep breath and close my eyes and go into trance, and then the non-physical world of spirit comes through and delivers messages. They also deliver healing, uh, and my hands will move. So I know they're, they're pulling stuff out of you, negative blocks, emotional blocks, whatever that is. And uh, sometimes, quite often, they will guide you into a trance state so you can experience uh, whatever it is that I'm channeling. And, and it lines up, which is very interesting. As I'm talking, you're experiencing whatever it is they're talking about. Uh, the words come through me. As a result of all this channeling, there is a lot of prophecy involved. Uh, when I first started channeling, um, it was at the Toronto Spring Psychic Fair. and Jesus told me I was going to be channeling at this fair, and I thought, oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to sell a few books and do a few aura readings, but he said, no, you will channel. So I started channeling, <laughs> and <laughs> I know. <laughs> my life is not my own. And so then um, I found I was just spewing prophecy. I'd say, hello, your name is? And then I'd say a prayer for that person, and then they'd say, you will go down the street, turn right, you'll meet a woman in red. That woman is the woman you will marry. You'll have a baby. Her name will be Rebecca. And I was horrified by all this, all this stuff coming out of my mouth, horrified. Uh, but here I am today, uh, still channeling. And uh, I have amazing clients all over the world because I, I actually do a lot of work on Zoom, on, on Skype and on the telephone. 
and and I work out of New Brunswick at therosecottage.ca. Uh, that's my website. And also I write a blog on diamondlantern.com. But people will come here to the Rose Cottage and I will channel all day. Sometimes I, I just ask the angels, how much time does this person need before they're healed to the level at which they can heal others? And I'll be told, you know, three days, 10 days. One lady was here for 14 days uh, and I'm just going into <laughs> trance. I know. <laughs> I'm in and out of trance all day. And the, the, it, the angels are very clear. No meat, no alcohol, no caffeine, no sugar. These things block your channel. And, uh, and the exercise is really important. So it's, uh, it's an experience, but I, I now know to take people out to restaurants and to tour them around the area so they're not stuck inside for too long in, in a deep trance state. So the channeling goes anywhere and everywhere. Uh, I had two clients that booked sessions on Easter Sunday. Uh, and uh, they expected a nice, relaxing conversation with the angels or with Christ or with whomever. And for one, it was just like a 30-minute boot camp. You will walk fast for nine minutes, and you will run fast for nine minutes. Then you will walk fast, and you will do this, and you will do that, and you'll drink water, and you'll start to sing, tone. We're clearing your vocal cords. It, <laughs> it was 30 minutes of intense, intense boot camp. And then for the next person, it was it was completely different. It was a past life regression. They... They uh, were explaining all her emotional patterns in this life and how they tied back to that life and how they're going to clear them. But she needs to do this and she needs to do that. So it's always interesting. I, I'm always, I'm, I'm sort of an innocent bystander in a way because I'm just the channel. So words come through, uh, healing comes through, and I never know what's going to happen. So, but nowadays, you know what you're saying and you hang on to that when you, you know what you, well, obviously you just told the story. When it's interesting, I remember it. <laughs> Most of the time, I don't remember it. So, um, a few years, uh, it used to be that one of the archangels, Michael, now I want to tell the audience, uh, the archangels' names are commands. And I've been slapped on the wrist so many times for saying their names. With, when you need an archangel, call them in. If you need to clear the darkness, Michael is the one to call in, just for future reference. Um, and it's fast. The clearing of energy, of, of any negative emotions, very fast. But I, I'd never, I, I'd been told by the angels to hand any darkness to Michael. And he, I'd say, do you have it? He'd go, Bump. That was it. That was my only communication with this archangel until I went to PEI, province of Prince Edward Island, and I was doing another trade show. And this lady sits down and my hand starts doing waving. It's waving. And I'm, I'm, I'm not in trance and I'm sort of embarrassed. And I said, uh, I'll just uh, go into trance. So I go into trance and uh, suddenly um, Michael, the archangel, comes through. He says, hello, dear one. Atlantis, I know you, you know me, you chose the dark side and I chose the light and here we are. I'm going to heal you. And suddenly, you know, my hands are going crazy while he's doing this energetic spiritual healing. Now, that's interesting. But what's really interesting was when I came out of trance, I expected her to walk away, you know, roll her eyes or just look disgusted. But she said, I knew you were going to say, Michael, I knew you were going to say Atlantis. And I said, really? Is that because you're a psychic? She goes, no, but the psychic down the 
down the way, I just saw her and she said, I see Michael around you and I see Atlantis. So of course I'm an open channel. The psychic could see all this stuff. I'm sure she's very clairvoyant. She's very good. It was actually Kim Spirational for those of you who know Kim Spirational. So I know she's good. And, uh, but I'm a channel and they can just, the angels can just jump into me. So there's the hand waving. <laughs> so Michael kind of set her up for dun, 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 I'm going to heal you. So that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this show goes way too fast, um, but I would like to talk a little bit. People are always interested in astral travel. So just uh, maybe give a little explanation or a little bit of what they need, they can know about it. Okay, in my experience, uh, which is going to the Monroe and learning how to astral travel, I highly recommend that, um, is that it's a little bit different than uh, seeing a vision in your mind's eye or, or just feeling, sensing, seeing. I was actually able to step outside of my physical body. And uh, the first time I found myself looking at my own face and I looked dead and it was so shocking, <gasps> I jumped right back in and I was like, darn, ah, I couldn't <laughs> hold on to it like rats. And then the second time I found myself in a tuck and roll and my non-physical body was rolling outside of my physical body, but two invisible hands pushed me back and I heard the words, we know you little lady. I thought, oh, what do you know? What, huh? Do I hang out in these parts? Like what? I was so mortified, I was embarrassed. I thought, what? So your fears, you have to watch your fears. If you have um, uh, repressed fears, they will manifest in the non-physical world. So just, push past your fears. So the third time I went out of body, I got really determined and I used a visualization. I stopped listening to the lovely recordings of Robert Monroe at the Monroe Institute. And I made up my own uh, visualization of these archways with screens, like screen doors. And I decided that as I pushed through these screens, all negativity, all the stuff that kept me stuck on the earth would fall away. And I went through and I'm going, walking then i'm running and now there's like a, i can see this uh line of archways going for miles and i'm going like a jet plane through these and i didn't even realize i was out of body until i see this lovely little spark in the distance and it's coming towards me through the archways and it's like speeding along and suddenly that's when it it merged into my toes into my knees and this explosive um, I guess you'd call it astral love. It's, it's indescribable. Yeah, a thousand fireworks doesn't even begin to explain how that feels. Uh, love beyond imagination. That's what I experienced. And after that, um, I astral traveled. It took a lot of work, a lot of concentration. It's much harder for me to astral travel than anything else. But I finally got out there because I wanted to see how a friend was doing. It was about three o'clock in the morning and I thought, I've got to know, what are they, like, what, I haven't heard from them, what are, what's up? And so I went, I visualized again, I made up these visualizations of golden footsteps in the darkness, one foot, then another, and I was so focused. And next thing I know, I'm in his room, I'm looking down, he's got a hoodie on, he's fast asleep, and I thought, what did I expect? It's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I felt awful what am i doing here oh oh dear i and i backed out of it and as i backed away the angels got me and they started flashing all these 
prophetic visions. So I kind of knew what was going to come in the future without knowing exactly how it was going to unfold. Expect the unexpected. I find the angels with prophecy. I just want to say one thing about prophecy. People want to know what's going to happen in the future, but quite often they, you get very cryptic messages. The angels tell you, you're not going to learn unless you don't know what's happening. You have to figure out things for yourself. Yeah, and besides which, it's you know can change very quickly. And I hate to say this, we only have three minutes left, so I'd like you to go over your website again and the name of your book and okay. uh, your blog too. Okay, thank you, Inez. So the book is Diamond Lantern: Waking Up to Who You Really Are, and it's on Amazon. I also sell it on my website, which is therosecottage.ca, uh, and also on diamondlantern.com. That's my blog, and I, I've been writing blogs since 2010, so there's lots to read there. I don't write as often now, but there's a lot there, my experience over time. So thank you very much. This has been okay. really interesting. Well, that's great. But uh, So now we just I'd like to just uh, um, focus on our last uh, couple minutes here that we have and just sort of bring it all together in how you live now. I mean, or just bring it all together so how all those things fit with you. Okay, my job now is to channel for people who want spiritual assistance or they're trying to understand anything and they feel that they could get some messages or some healing or some heightened awareness from the non-physical world of spirit. So most of what I do is channeling. I'm still a hypnotist. I teach hypnosis and I have classes that I teach and I also host uh, workshops, uh, channeling workshops. So those, when, when we all are healthy and we're uh, through these troubled times, uh, I'll have classes in the new year. Um, but basically, I'm channeling. I'd say 90% of the time, people call me from all over the world. I work on Zoom, I work on Skype, and it's all channeling. Cool. So now we have a little bit left. I just want to say that I'm really glad you came. I haven't seen you in years, and I'm really happy with how you've managed to grow from that so and so much. And it's not that long. It's only six years or something since I saw you. So... Uh, any thoughts or anything, or have you got any kind of thoughts about these times, as we call them? Ah, uh, yes, anger. The angels right off in January started telling everybody, everybody that I was working with, um, to heal the anger. Be angry at the actions and the words, but not at the person. Love the person, no matter what. Love them all. But this uh, virus, they said, was att attaching to anger. And so if you can follow that guidance and let go of anger as soon as possible, breathe, distract, whatever you can do, let go of the anger, then uh, based on what the an angels have been telling us, um, you won't attract it to the extent that others are. It's also an escape route for many people that are suffering yeah. and not out. Yeah, an escape route is very understandable. Well, I hate to say this, but it's the end of the show. Thanks, Elizabeth. And... I'll see you again soon, maybe at the CHC if we're allowed to be there. <laughs> yes, so. crossing our fingers. <laughs> okay. Thank you, so goodbye, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the show today. 
Be sure to tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol with host Inez Simpson. We can't wait to have you join us again next week. We'll be right back.